Have you thought about or ever talked about making a change in your career? Well, whether it's a change of companies or a bigger transition from corporate world to entrepreneur, my guest, Jamie Russo, discusses how she scratched that itch to move into work she really wanted to do. And as well, she'll discuss the mindset and the specific strategy that she employed to make a big leap from running someone else's business to running her own. Jamie shares how she went from an idea to making a transition and then today becoming a recognized expert in her industry with work and people she loves. Listen in as she offers a lot of good insight for anyone thinking about making a career move. Welcome to Playing Full Out, where you'll discover tips to break through the personal and professional barriers in a hectic world that are preventing you from leading your optimal vision of life at work and home. This is the podcast for passionate life travelers and leaders who want to live a deliberate, confident, and fulfilling life and change the world while they do. I'm your host, Rita Hyland, and in each episode, we'll expose you to something new in the areas of passion, performance, and psychology that you can immediately apply to grow your life, love, and leadership. It is a gorgeous July summer day here in Chicago. As I record this, it is the kind of day that makes the rest of the nine months of Chicago work worth living in or enduring, I guess. But what is keeping me inside today for excitedly, by the way, is because I have a very special guest that I want to share with you. And her name is Jamie Russo. She is the executive director of the Global Workspace Association. She is the owner of co-working space in Palo Alto, California. She's also sold co-working space and she's the host of Everything Co-Working Podcast. Jamie is a self-described nerd, and she has an MBA from the University of Chicago in both finance and entrepreneurship. She has run marketing departments for Fortune 500 brands and was the COO of a healthcare startup when I first met her several years ago. Jamie is going to tell you her story and help us understand how she made a significant career leap and identified what she really wanted from her work and her life, and then more specifically discuss how she went from helping others build their business and working for a corporate environment to being someone who builds her own. Without further ado, I'm excited to introduce Jamie. Welcome. Rita, thank you for having me today. I'm trying to think. I think this is only like the second podcast I've been on, so it's kind of fun to be on the other other side of the microphone. Yeah, and I... I should, you know, tell your listeners I lived in Chicago for 15 years and I miss it most of the time, but especially in the summer when it's fabulous out and everybody's running around the lakefront and enjoying the weather. I, I can't imagine Palo Alto. I mean, I, I'm sure it beats us. You don't have to say that out loud for Chicago, but, but um, yes, there's a, yeah, few, a few months that we have it well here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the reason that I think that you're so special is because many years ago when I met you and you were at a crossroads in your career and you were taking a good hard look at what it was that you wanted and realizing that what you were doing was not ideal for you, even though it looked successful by traditional standards, it didn't perhaps feel that way on your own. And you were looking at what you wanted to do for the next phase or the next half. And I think there's a lot of people in in this place 
a similar space who are making questioning where they're at and making deciding is, you know, what I've done for the first 20, what I want to do for the next 20. And in that effort to be more deliberate, I wanted to ask you a little bit about how you have made such a significant transformation. And can you share with us your moment when you knew that you wanted to move from what you were doing in corporate America. Tell us a little bit more about that To And, and in the, all the, in the phases that got you to where you are, tell us a little bit about your own work today even. Yeah. So I'll kind of start with that. Well, I'll, I'll get to that moment. I'll sort of paint a little picture of, of my kind of early career. So I moved to Chicago right out of undergrad and worked for a consulting firm. I worked for Accenture, which used to be Anderson Consulting. And um, and then I, this was like kind of 2000-ish when it was very popular to go work for startup companies. So I went to a startup company and kind of found my home in that environment. Um, but that was a little bit short-lived, partly due to what happened in the, the marketplace at the time. And I went to business school. And while I think, and you and I have talked about this, like going to business school was certainly transformative for me and opened a lot of doors and made me into the self-proclaimed nerd that <laughs> that I am today with my passion for spreadsheets. You know, being in that environment, I think can sort of limit sort of the view of, of what makes sense for you to do in life. And you sort of see some common paths that people do after business school. And sort of for, for me, it was easy to sort of fall into the trap of like, okay, here's what you do after business school. And when you have, you know, $100,000 in educational debt, um, you know, this is the path you go on. And I'd always sort of had this inkling that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't, I, I, it wasn't, it was kind of a blob for me and it wasn't very clear. So I sort of did the expected and I went to, um, I worked for Kraft after business school and worked in brand management, got really great experience and worked with really smart people. But I kind of just always, and again, I didn't sort of my, my, my spreadsheet self had not quite connected with my intuitive self. And that's something that you, I I remember, you know, us talking about that piece of it, like you got to get out of your head a little bit and sort of find your heart. And my heart knew while I was there that that, you know, that too, while I was learning a lot and, and working with a lot of great people was not kind of what was meant, sort of what I was put, put on the earth to do, but I still didn't know what that was. So I went to another healthcare startup, again, a lot of, you know, sort of great experiences. And I think that was when I met you and, and sort of was struggling with like, well, on paper, I'm doing, you know, the things that you do after business school and the things that look like a successful career. I had a friend who had worked with you and I had never sort of, I'd never been introduced to this idea of like sort of getting help working through, you know, what, right. How do I be intentional? How do I, how how do I learn some frameworks to help me work through, you know, what do I, what I want to do next? And I can remember the moment when I decided, like, I just needed to do something. I needed to make a change. And I, it was just all feeling, you know, I was sitting in a conference room at work and I just couldn't do it anymore. You know, I just, even though there are, you know, sort of lots of reasons you could put on paper to sort of keep going on, on that certain path, I just felt like one of those, like, I just wanted to put my head down on the table and like, this is it. And, you know, I scheduled that call with you to say, look, I, I need to do something different. I have no idea what it is. I had no, I didn't know, you know, but I, I knew that I wanted to kind of take control and, and help you know, go through a process to, to get there. 
So um, I can still like, there's so, you know, there's just moments in life that are so clear. And that moment for me in the conference room where I was like, I'm going to make an appointment with Rita and, you know, get this figured out is like, I can still feel that it's really salient for me even today. That's, that's great. I remember, um, I mean, what you're saying is that having that inkling, that, that gut, there's nothing that tells you it's a must. And then when it goes and is incongruent with what we have been taught or what the experts have told us or what we have shitted on ourselves or believe, it's, it's, it's like, oh boy, this is, it's, it's, it's new territory. And I do think what's interesting, even about you saying that you, you know, thought it was a big leap to ask for help is that it, what's so common is that we're smart, highly functioning individuals. I have an MBA from the university of Chicago. I should, you know, I should have this this out. (laughs) Exactly. I can spreadsheet my way out of this. Right. Right. And if we, if, if we do completely rely, and that's certainly been part of your success, but, but your, you know, your whiz, your thoughts and your intellect, but if we try to think our way out of and, and think our way to success, right. we, we will always remain behind. Yeah. Um, and that's what is, is key. And I think that everybody gets there with the help of somebody else to help the, them hear, or, or hear what's going on or reflect back and thinking. And so, so let's move to that. I, I, what, what I think is so special about you is that you really went from that moment in that conference room where you're just like, okay, this is game over and I need a new start. But you didn't know what you wanted or how you were going to get there, but you had this inkling and very early on, we, we started to explore. Do you recall how, well, first of all, tell us a little bit about what you, or whatever order you want. Um, what, what came up with your, how you came up with your ideas and, and made a choice to begin to explore something different. Can you give us a little bit of insight? Oh, yeah. And I, I remember that too. People will ask me like, I mean, it, the story doesn't seem so crazy because it sort of weaves together. It makes sense sort of now, but I remember maybe not in 100% detail, but sort of your process was like, look, what are you passionate about? What gets you up in the morning? You know, what would you do if no one paid you kind of that sort of homework and thinking. And I, because of the work that I'd done at the company I was at, I was very passionate about um, sort of like a healthy mindset at work and work and wellness and integrating sort of your 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 home self with your work self. And that is so much more natural for us today. But this was, I don't know, you know, 2010, 2011, back in the day when that was not so common. And I knew, you know, I was passionate about it, but I didn't know how that was going to show itself. What to, what, what kind of business was that? What did that look like? Um, and so I just, you know, I remember some of the exercises that that I would do. And some of it was just really exploratory. And I think I was like Googling like work and, you know, I came across this concept of co-working and I had, I'd never seen it before. I had no idea what it was and it was fairly new. Like the term itself was new in 2006. Um, And even then there was not like a lot of sort of online examples of this, but I found it. And, um, I can't remember. I remember you making me having to like make a list of like 50 or a hundred business ideas. <laughs> you were like, 
this is your homework. Go do this, make a list, and then we're going to pick one. (laughs) I mean, it seems like kind of ridiculous, except that's what I did. And I, you know, I just really kind of diverged and went from like, do I want to be a personal trainer? Do I want, you know, all the things. And then I found co-working and I basically just picked it. I said, okay, this is it. And I remember, you know, sort of really, yeah, you sort of pushing me to like, get out of the comfort zone of like spreadsheeting all of it. You were like, look, pick a name, order, you know, notepads with the name on it and like start making it real. Like I just remember all those little things kind of played into, into getting started with that. But it was, I mean, so there were frameworks and then there was an element of like, look, we're going to come up with a bunch of ideas and then we're going to pick one and move on it because it was time. Like I was going to take action. I was not going to spend a lot of time sort of, you know, like there was feeling my way through it, like we were going to move on something. And I, I mean, and that's what I did. So do you want me to kind of tell you? I, well, I, and so, well, I, I'll, 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 I'm going to just interrupt. I, I remember <laughs> yeah. when you, we, you got it, we got it down to 10 ideas and yeah. you had always said, I, I just know that I want a building. Like I want, I want to see something and yeah. I want to combine that with health. Yep. And, and you know, and so it was, and it was letting it organically take shape naturally and with some inkling. It, it's, it was, it was, it was moving moment to moment and navigating. And if you if, went in the taking the next step, which is what I think that you have been so amazing at is just saying, I, I don't know what it is. I can't see the whole staircase, but I'm going to take this next step and there's co-working. And for some reason that's come up inside my face and I remember seeing something in New York and I, I wonder what this would look like. Oh, it's starting to feel a little bit like a, I'm, I'm getting cold, warmer versus cold. Yeah. Yep. And, and your, your, your strength was always saying, okay, I will explore. I will just, I will go find out more information. I will go take that next step. And so I, I thought it was always funny. There was 10 on the list and these were the two things. It's like a building of some sort combined with health and yeah. then merged the two things and started. But So go ahead and tell more of what that looks like. Yeah. I mean, I, I will interject. I, I remember one of the struggles that I had still sort of with that, like the, the, the shoulda-ing, you know, that was a time when like tech companies and there's a lot of tech happening in Chicago and Facebook. And I was struggling with like, well, am I supposed to have like this just sort of normal, like small business or am I supposed to be starting, you know, right, the next Instagram or it was hard for me to let go of sort of the, what, what sort of business should I be starting? Because I could, could I be capable of something else and just sort of going with the like, but this is like where my heart is and this is what I I want to do. So yeah, so I explored, uh, you know, a couple of other spaces. I went to New York to look at one because um, we were visiting and that's where most of them were. There was a small one in Chicago at the time. Um, so yeah. So, and I, I mean, all the little steps, I just, yeah, I remember, to your point, I mean, I, I will say I, I can remember sort of being very nervous about all of them and you were like, well, don't worry about the how, just keep. <laughs> that's still one of my favorite quotes that sticks in there, my reader quotes that sticks in my head. Don't worry about the how, just take the next step and and things will come. Solutions will present themselves. So I started looking for space. I got a real estate broker, which I, you know, a commercial real estate broker, which I'd never had before and started looking at buildings and negotiating a lease. And all of a sudden I had a lease and a space and a brand and it was, yeah, it was happening. So um, there were a lot of scary moments in there, but one step at a time. Speaking to your fears. So one of them is that you were going to go 
opposite what you had always thought was true yeah. or was right. fact. Like this is what you do after you get an MBA from yep. Chicago. And it, it basically it's a pretty thing looks like this. Yep. And, and you having to challenge that, that was one of your things. What else was, a, what would you consider was a struggle for you or a, a big fear or a concern or a worry that you had and that you, that, that, because whatever it is for you, I'm sure it's very typical for some of our audience who, and others that are. Yeah. Very, I mean, that it wouldn't work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what if yeah. it doesn't work? Um, I, you know, what if it's right? What if it's not what I thought? I mean, I think the the failure piece was probably a lot of it because of course I had to go through the process of, you know, getting my husband on board and this is what we're going to do. And I'm going to sign a commercial lease and, you know, there's some financial risk and, you know, just, but even I, yeah, I guess more than that, like, and, and I, I feel like today there's a lot more of a culture of it's okay to try things and figure things out. And oh man, did I make a lot of mistakes in that space? I mean, that I, you know, were sort of unrelated to the things I was like really afraid of. You, you figure them out and that's, you sort of, yeah, you, you just get into it and you just do it. It's like being a parent, like you, you can screw some things up, but man, you just get in there and figure it out and you can't, you can't break anything too much, I guess. I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, yeah, sort of, right. There's the fear of failure and what will people think? And um, yeah, what do I do if this doesn't work? And yeah, yeah. what if people don't like what I've created? That You know, I have this vision, but what if, you know, right. What if other people just aren't attracted to the same thing th- that I am? Um, but I think, yeah, you just have to, you have to believe a little bit and be willing to take the chance. And I think, and I still try to think about this today when I like, well, what if I don't try it? Like that's so much worse than failing. And so I try to go back to that. Like, but if I don't, if I don't try, then, then that feeling will be much worse than if I had tried and failed. Right. I think that's great. You know, I, I think it's very difficult for us to identify sometimes what it is we really do want, but it is very, it's much easier to know what we don't want. So I think one of those things that you're sort of bringing up is going to the place of what would I regret if I didn't try, you know, if it's, and I ask that question, if it's 10 years from now and you, what would you regret? You know, when people are trying to make really big decisions, I had a man who was deciding between, um, re re giving rebirth to his company who which which had had taken a hit and he'd gone back to corporate america um for a time and he's just like i can't stand it and and so should he come back and i said well in 10 years will you regret that you didn't try and he's like oh yeah i I, I will and so then his his decision was clear yeah um that knowing what you what would be too painful to not have tried and know that you had um held back on i guess helps clarify some things. I think your, was your point about, you know, when you, you have these fears and you've had these struggles, which are very common, I think the human, we're, we're predisposed genetically to, to be, we don't like uncertainty. Right. Yeah. And I think that not to interrupt, but I was listening to another podcast that was like reminding me like the human brain does not like discomfort. And it's hard, like, no one tells you that. I think those are the things about like business. Like sometimes I'm like, I don't, you know, the most important things I learned, I'm pretty sure we're not, you know, in life, we're not in business school. It's these things. And I, you know, even the little things like imposter syndrome, right? Like, am I smart enough? Or can I figure this out? Or even though, you know, you have an MBA, like, and I remember you, you know, reminding me like, look, everybody has that feeling. Even CEOs have that feeling. They just work through it. Like, 
everyone feels uncomfortable and right. The human body doesn't like it. Like we'd all love to be sitting on beaches, drinking margaritas and, you know, (laughs) in the warm sun, like nothing uncomfortable happening, but that you, if you can, in the book, there's a book that you had me read called fear, feel the fear and do it anyway. Like that's another one of my mottos that I still pull. Like when I have having a moment of, (laughs) do I want to do this? Um, Yeah, it's like it's not easy to get through those apprehensions and struggles, but it's not easy for anyone. And the only way is to just fight through it. Yeah. And that it's normal, right? And that the body, it's normal to feel uncomfortable because, sort of, right, whatever our evolutionary protection mechanisms (laughs) just like don't want us to feel that way. Right. That we're sort of, it's a little battle and you just have to be okay with this, like, minor battle happening in your life all the time. Yeah. I think, I think one of the things that, um, like you say, those who don't, like what, well, why do some do and some don't is that it isn't that it goes away. Like we said, it's, it's that they manage those reptilian voices, the the ones that are our lowest and oldest um, 20% of our brain and understanding that isn't, that isn't me. That is something separate from me. And which one am I going to, which voice or which part of my brain am I going to let lead and becoming more masterful of even reprogramming your subconscious mind so that it can work for you. When you think of some of the types of like worst mindsets that, you know, I have to run as hard as I can. I think I see entrepreneurs to this, or I'm going to fail or knowing, understanding which things don't, that, that language, that just conversation is never going to support you. So how are you going to shift it so that you have a, the business that you have today creating and now that you're able to help other people and you are now the expert at something that you was an inkling or an idea at one, you know, just a few short years ago. And how, and I think the other thing is, is that we don't, what I see is, you know, you had this fear of failure and if we got real with it, how, how many times Jamie had you really failed on something that was that big? I mean, you you never, when you get it, say, I'll worry about it when it happens because reality based most people are stunned. It's like, God, yeah, I did some really amazing things. I've things that I thought were impossible or a struggle. Here are five of them. And I did make it through this. Why do I continue to go to a place where I'm never going to be able to make it through these things, or I'm never going to be able to do these things. And so I do think that we have an uneven amount or disproportionate amount of time that we spend on celebrating our our fabulousness, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. Creating illusions of and spinning stories that don't even exist about the, the potential for failure and getting more disciplined. And your best strategy that I heard and that you have repeated is that you, in those moments of overthinking, you took action, which was in opposition to them. And that that's tended to quiet the voice so that you could show up. Yeah. I think it's hard to have the I don't think we naturally have the tools to work through these things on our own. I mean, I like the best thing that I did was to listen to my friend who had said, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm doing this thing and I'm getting some help making a transition in my life because I didn't have those tools to quiet those voices and to tell different stories. And, and I've gotten a little bit out of this habit, but the writing of intentions, you know, I remember you having me do that through the whole process and when we moved to California, which is sort of a, you know, was a big dramatic shift from what I thought was the path of my life in Chicago, I started doing them too. And amazing things happened from those intentions, like mind blowing. Like, it's just, 
and but I didn't have those sort of tools or habits on my own. And so I'm really thankful to have gone through a process to get them. And I still have lots of work to do, but can draw on them, you know, still. I think it's so funny because I always give the example. I'm like, if we're driving to California, but you really are there. You know, we <laughs> I have am. To have a very specific destination. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to take a long, you know, a long route, or we might even end up in New York. So, it's funny that you say you are in California, but it, it, that what you're saying is that you are having a vision. You, you created a vision, and what happens then is your brain seeks to make it right. It's it, it's the same with when we have our confirmation bias, you know, where yeah. we're trying to prove or find evidence that whatever yeah. we're saying to ourselves is right. It, have at least have, a, then have a confirmation bias that's fabulous or great. I know you get a lot of advice on your podcast, very, a lot of both mindset and strategy for entrepreneurs that are specifically in the space of co-working. Can you, first of all, offer audience what co-working is a little bit. And then what is your pearl? What's your, what do you see? What's your biggest offering to an entrepreneur in this realm today of how the biggest leverage they could use in order to succeed? Yeah. So, so co-working is, it's basically leveraging shared workspace to, for freelancers, small businesses, and today even bigger corporations. And it's, it's partly to leverage the benefits of sharing commercial real estate and allowing smaller business to sort of access amenities and you know fiber internet and things that they wouldn't normally have on their own. But a real driver of why it's so successful is the community that tends to be built in these spaces where people come together to do their work and to learn from each other and to share and to do some of these mindset things. Like, you know, some of the, like, you know, when you work from home, like, you know, you would talk about sort of just being all in your head. Like, it is so easy to just live in your head when you're by yourself. And so I have a real passion for the sort of bringing people together. And when you're having a tough day as an entrepreneur, you know, you're in a room with other people who are also having, you know, a roller coaster of a day, but even, you know, even bigger companies are doing it. But Chicago, for instance, has, I don't know, a hundred of these spaces now. The suburbs have them. They're starting to be everywhere, smaller and bigger, but it's just, yeah, kind of leveraging commercial real estate to kind of have your little piece of it and get access to meeting rooms and workspace and sometimes coffee bars. And in my space, I had a yoga studio and a full kitchen and showers and bike storage. And so I was very into the kind of wellness piece of it when I was in Chicago. In those early days of this inkling, and I think this is so important, is I could never have guessed where that journey would take me. I mean, I could not have, even if I wanted to design like the most perfect imaginable thing, I didn't know, you know, and I'm so thankful that I took those beginning steps because I've had such a special journey. I mean, I feel like I've just really found kind of my place in the world and and a lot of the things that, you know, I care about and am good at doing have sort of all come together. But so I started a co-working space in Chicago. I thought we were going to be in Chicago for a long time. I've been there for 15 years. And then my husband got this amazing job opportunity in San Francisco or just outside of San Francisco. And so we made the decision to move and so I ran the space for a few years remotely and had people manage it, would visit. And, and I opened a space in Palo Alto, which is just south of San Francisco when I moved here. 
And that was another one of those, like, we're just taking action, baby, because I moved here and I thought, well, my whole identity now is this space and being a business owner. And now I don't know anyone and I don't have a space here. And I, I mean, so it has certainly not been all like, you know, rose gardens, but I met someone here who had space and wanted to make it a co-working space. And I just kind of dove right into that. And, you know, there are things that were I would do differently, but I'm still so glad that, you know, the, like the deal I did was not hundred percent perfect. Like there were, there certainly are in hindsight, 2020 things that I would do differently, but still so glad that I didn't try to get it perfect and worry too much and just took a step and kept going. And so I opened a space here and then I just became super involved in the industry and I started the podcast, and I was the president of the League of Extraordinary Coworking Spaces. I met this unbelievable network of other owners, which was so meaningful to me because I had sort of been, you know, alone in sort of my business ownership. And now I had these people who were my colleagues and became my friends. And that was so special. And I never would have predicted that I would be surrounded by these people that I, you know, didn't didn't know I would would know. And that just sort of evolved and the industry has been going through such a big shift that the trade association for the industry was looking for new leadership and I was connected to some of the folks on the board and so they asked me to apply. And so now I'm also the executive director of the trade association for shared workspaces called the Global Workspace Association. That's been tremendous in just the people I've met and the networks that I have and the things that I've learned and sort of the things that the change that I get to be a part of. And I just, and, and so I, I do, yeah, now I kind of do a lot of things in the industry. I have a podcast and I help, I work with other entrepreneurs who want to open spaces. I have this unique sort of view on the industry because of the leadership roles that I have and also being an operator. So I feel, I feel for the people who are in my shoes, you know, when I was there and I want them to not make the, the sort of tactical mistakes that I made, but I probably borrow from right some of your mindset pieces. I was talking to a woman before we got on the phone and I said, look, I see you. I mean, she is meant to have a space. She's a connector, a community builder, and she's sort of stuck on some of the, the pieces. And I said, like, we just, we need to get you moving. Let's take the next step and let's do this. So I can, you know, I've borrowed from some of the mindset pieces of like helping to get them moving. And then I help with the tactical things and make sure they, you know, get their business model right and understand what they're getting into and sort of can, can frame it, but also providing community. I run mastermind groups for the operators that I'm working with too, so that they're not going through this alone because I went through it alone and wished now they don't have to go through it alone. So I, yeah, I do a lot of different pieces in the industry and I, Love it. I, I mean, that's what's so, I mean, I just see you and I, I mean, I, I get to see you right now and you just, you come alive and you're yeah. excited. And if I could sum you up, I guess it's that you, what the best part is that you don't overthink, take action and serve. And that last piece of like you, you can see yeah. you genuinely want to serve. You genuinely want to help. You're, you will flourish if you can do those three things. Don't overthink, take action and serve. Yeah. And, and then doors will open as you yeah. have seen. And, and I've had my moments of overthinking. I had to do round two with Rita recently. And <laughs> be, yeah, because it, you know, we're all human and I think we sort of, right, revert. So, you know, we get, get stuck, but right from a macro level, that's 
how I got to where I am. But certainly, I wouldn't want anybody to think that suddenly I was superhuman and <laughs> didn't have those moments of <laughs> right of struggle. I, yeah. I, I do think that that's easy. That we're like, I mean, people listening could be like, oh, she just had it made and just went right. to the next. It thing. just happened. It's yeah, easy for uh, for for us to say that when it. Um, and I think so. It's good that you say it's been. It, it's full of its own rocks. It's yeah. rocky roads, but it's. How do I remain undisturbed and continue continue forward and say and embrace the struggle as opposed to resist and say this is cool? Can I find and have fun as I'm journeying? We're gonna live, you know. We're gonna we are gonna make it through. I've learned that with my challenging years of of just like, well, I made it through all those things. Yeah. So I I know that I'm going to still be alive. Can I enjoy it while I'm going through the process? I think one of the other things that you said that I appreciate is it, it, it doesn't have to be perfect to begin and it can't be perfect to begin or you will never get started. And, um, I don't, didn't need to see the whole trajectory. I didn't need to take, you know, take the steps. I think one of the things, the struggles that you had, which I think is also common that I think is worthy of bringing up is, you're like, Rita, how on earth am I going to get a building? How am I going to pay totally. for no, a right. building? And so we just brainstorm. I'm like, well, let's start writing some ideas. If right. you do. And I mean, I like the one of the questions is that, I don't know if I just, how I just came up with it a long time ago, but it was like for CEOs or leaders or anybody, if the ship is going down and it's, you are being relied upon to keep it afloat. If you're imagining it's the Titanic or a cruise ship, you're going to do things, you're going to do it fast. So it's like yeah. one of those 10 ideas that you have to keep it up and you could do literally some of these types of intuitions and, and, and inklings come up, can come up in less than one minute. And you came up that maybe I can go back to University of Chicago and look for ghost um, funding and maybe I could, you know, you just, you had a plethora of ideas and you're, you're, you know, a confirmation bias for most of us would be like, I can't do that. I don't have the money. I don't know how to get yeah. that. And when you start to challenge it, if I, and I'd love the in question, the incisive question, if I knew for a fact it was possible, what would I do? And you're like, Rita, I figured it out. I, oh my gosh, what I thought I didn't have, I can. And I do, you know, and I can go to these resources. And so it was an absolute couldn't. And I have that happen all the time. That's why I say, I mean, there's a person who swore she could, you know, she was said, well, I'd really love to retire and go to Hawaii at this point. And then she, she's like, but I can't do that because I can't retire early. And I'm like, well, do you know that for a fact? And then she went and she comes back two weeks later. She's like, oh my gosh, I totally can. You know, I just went through it with my financial advisor. And so, so being, it's just, it's funny and curious and be curious so that you can challenge the, the beliefs and the old, the old reptilian stuff to become, because those who don't do that, and I think this is really important, are going to be those who fall behind. You can only do so much with thinking and strategy. And this is what, I mean, the latest Harvard Business Review has come out with, um, you know, 80, some unbelievable, when asked, these CEOs are asked, you know, how many have been in, uh, looked for transformation over the past three to five years or been in some type of process. 87% raise their hand. 76 of those have been percent have not been successful short or long term. And so what are the reasons? The reasons aren't because it's, it's been really often, there's lots of reasons, but it's because not because they haven't focused on strategy and execution and had hundreds of thousands of dollars of consultants in. It's because they, they don't, there are oftentimes these overlooked insecurities and underlying beliefs and things that are not going to support anybody consistently showing up to take that type of an action. Getting on board and doing that, 
under the iceberg work so that things can become more easy and more fun. And I think that you are testament to both. You can do it can things. Yes, there is challenge. And I mean, I could cry. Look, I mean, I'm so happy for you. You're just like, I love it. They're all my friends. Like this is, I, and you are living the, not the person who isn't, you know, you, you mentioned this, I think in your bio about, I was committed to having life, not just start, you know, be before 9am and after 5pm, your yeah. one consistent package day in and day out. And how do we show up like that and learn as we go through the adventure? And I think too, I think what you just said about sort of the mindset and the is usually what's missing. I can also remember, again, it's just funny, like the things that are so clear. I remember standing by a window on one of our calls and you said, look, you know, you know, 80% of the things you need to know to do this, you need to, right, get the mind, like you just need to get work through the, the doubt and the little voices. It's not that you don't know enough to, to take the next step. You have to get through the other pieces of whatever is, yeah, holding you back. And I try to remember that still today when I feel like, but I don't know. I mean, I am one of the experts in the industry at this point, And I still have those like, well, but other people must know more than me. <laughs> yeah. So. And it's okay to have, I think that's the thing is, is like it, knowing that we're never going to kill the voice, but it's just like how reducing the lag time of yeah. how it, it, <laughs> to make it tiny so that it's, that we, it doesn't rule us or, or choose, you know, choose to be us. And this is the thing, Jamie, and this is why I do my work is that if you didn't show up to your full version of yourself or be on the journey and path to it, think of how many people now you as the leader wouldn't be getting the opportunities in their own world to build businesses that will support their families and their families' lifestyles or a connection or community members that you put together that have positively influenced their lives, whether that be in their own communities, their organizations that they lead, or even other part facets of the world. So I, I, it's, I believe, and I'm very passionate about the fact that it's our responsibility to show up and to do, and to, to do the work to become so that you could be doing this because the world suffers if you're not showing up like this. If you, if you were still at the, let's just say the COO of, right. of the healthcare company. I mean, what a bummer on so many levels yeah, right. for you totally. and the yeah. world. Yep. And so I think that's a, a, a perfect way to, so, so I, I guess what I'm saying is thank you for being willing to get uncomfortable, if you will, and to feel the fear and do it anyway. And you're a great example of it. And I couldn't be more happy and thankful that you are sharing and have shared your story with us. Oh gosh. Well, I, I think for, for me, the thank you goes to you for being, for help. I mean, you created, you took me on the journey through that process and yeah, I'm, I'm so thankful that I right was willing to do it and that I had such a good coach to go through it and right. My work is never done, but I'm in a good place. So, so thank you. And it's well, been great to share my story and I hope it's been, been helpful to others who are thinking that they might need a change and sort of inspirational on, you know, you, you never know what's on the other side until you take that first step. Perfect way to <laughs> summarize that. Thank you so much for being with us. And I'm grateful and namaste. Thank you, Jamie. What a treat. So much good insight and experience. If you want to find out more about how you can identify your optimal vision of your next career or make that leap from your current work 
to the one that you were made for and deserve. I have a spot or two coming in September to be available for one-to-one coaching. We also have a group coaching program that is beginning in September, the Playing Full Out Life and Leadership School. That URL to sign up to be notified about class details and will that'll be coming soon. Be sure to sign up also on our homepage, www.ritahighland.com, so that you can make sure that you're getting notifications of our latest podcasts and newsletter and the special trainings and offerings. There's also a free Playing Full Out Accelerator and a three-day class piece that comes when you do. I look forward to talking to you in our next podcast. In the meantime, have a wonderful week. Thanks for tuning in to Playing Full Out. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes for more tips, tools, and inspiration to leading the optimal vision of your life, love, and leadership. And remember, a half version of you is not enough. The world needs the fullest version of you at play.